welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We're excited to talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey, what's up, friends? Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. Bobby and I are super excited to start a new book of the Bible with you. And so if you're joining us, you're listening to the first chapter in the book of Proverbs, And uh, we'll take just a minute or two to kind of break down who wrote this book, why is this book written, and um, how you should go about reading this book, because it is different than many of the other books in the Bible. So, Bobby. Read with your eyes. Break it down, (laughs) sister. Break it down for us. What do we got? Well, you guys... You right away here. This is where Clark's throwing me a softball because you and I can read verse one of chapter one and know <laughs> these are the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. And so just to unpack it a little bit, though. So King Solomon is the son of David and the female end of that is Bathsheba, actually. And so if you remember back to first Kings chapter three, God offers Solomon whatever, whatever you want and Solomon, what does he ask for? Riches and wealth? No, he asks for wisdom. And so now we're going to mm. reap some of the fruit of that, that he asked for wisdom. So Solomon wrote most of this. I think you said in here he's written over 3,000 Proverbs, which we don't have access to. But in this book, most of them are by Solomon. And then there are some other um, authors, too, in the book of Proverbs. Yeah. And then it's just really curious, too, because it's so at the end of David's life, Solomon actually wasn't supposed to step into leadership. Um, what's the name here, Clark? Adonijah is his brother who yes. for, tried, tried to force his way in. Kind of like setting the stage for like, he's going to be yeah. the guy that steps in. But then Nathan, the prophet says, hey, no, Bathsheba, bring Solomon to David before he dies. So that way he can get the blessing. Yep. That way he will be in power. And so that's where we get most of the Proverbs here. It's like a reality TV show. Who needs the days of our lives when you can watch uh, <laughs> David, Solomon, and Bathsheba in the middle of the night getting anointed to be the next king? Honestly, uh, isn't that it's yeah? Exciting. It's another theme though throughout the Bible. It's just like scandal. People, yeah, like usurping authority oh, and getting yeah. the blessing. And I'm thinking, you know what I'm thinking. Anyway, let's keep going. So that's where we're at. That's just who's talking. And let's jump into verse two: for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of in- for understanding words of insight. Hmm. So this is actually a really unique book. If you have been around the Bible at all, you know that like Proverbs is kind of one of those that doesn't sound a lot like the the rest of the Bible. It's not like a narrative. It's not really poetry. It's kind of just a lot of really practical language, not prophetic, and so many generalities about, you know, how to live or how to live in wisdom, um, how to appeal to God. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes there's some comparing and contrasting. You might even see some sarcastic language, some metaphors in here. But really throughout the whole book, there's just this theme of relying on God and on his way of life, why his way of life is best. That's the path to flourishing. And then lots of examples of what not to do. Yeah. Also. And so this is considered part of the wisdom literature with the other scriptures. Song of Songs is in their Lamentations. Um, Ecclesiastes, like some of those songs come and, and just give you insight on how to live life and how to get through the, the mundane normalcy of life, and how to yeah. give God honor and glory mm-hmm. in the midst of this. And so this is also attached to many of the Psalms that can re- reference back and forth. But mm-hmm. when, when you read um, the next couple of verses, it, there's a, a very important verse you have to pay attention to, and that's verse seven. Yeah. So it's talking about giving prudence to the simple and knowledge and discretion to the young. And we want you to be wise 
But verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so when it comes to the Mm -hmm. fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is a sense of reverence. It's a sense of respect. Yep. And an awareness of who God is and what God's done and what God's capable of. Mm-hmm. And so we owe God our reverence and worship and respect because he's our creator. He is also king. He is also judge. And so for you and me as Christians today, we understand God that he's approachable. He is Abba Father, which could be translated daddy in English. There's this intimate connection to our heavenly father. And at the same time, God is the champion of heaven. He has disarmed and dismantled evil, made made a public spectacle of them on the cross, and he's the eternal judge. So there's a sense of reverence and awe of like, I can approach God, I can approach him in the throne room, the spirit's at work Mm -hmm. right now, and I need to be aware of what God's capable of and what he's done, and he's holy. And you hold all of these things in with both of your hands, and you have the wisdom of God coming to us, practically uh, speaking through the book of Proverbs. And so next couple of mm. verses, verses eight and nine, he gets to like the family unit. He says, listen, my son, to your father's instruction and don't forsake your mother's teaching. There are a garland of grace on your head and a chain to adorn your neck. And right here, God's saying his desires to have a mother and father invest and teach a younger person. Yeah. And so that is God's intention. That's God's will. Now we understand if you look around the world, that's not everybody's situation, not everybody's case, whether it's because of divorce or it's because of um, you know premature death or tragedy, but that's where the, the church steps in. And the church is then able to say, hey, you're part of our family and we're going to give you spiritual mothers and fathers, yeah. spiritual aunts and uncles that walk with you and, and encourage you. Hmm. But there's an important word when you read this proverb in the context of the rest of the Bible, as parents, as we give instruction... And as we give teaching, you got to remember that we're supposed to avoid what Paul warns us in Ephesians 6, verse 4. He says, don't exasperate your your children. And that word exasperate kind of has that imagery of coming up behind someone and almost riding them and being in their ear and saying, Mm -hmm. you got to do this, you got to do that, and don't do this, and you should have done better, and you could have done. It's like, back off and chill out, man. That's what Paul is saying, saying, don't exasperate your kids. Be gracious and honest and be wise. Yeah. And then as a child, though, we're also to be teachable. And uh, we mm-hmm. got to be teachable because those who have gone before us offer us so much wisdom in what to do and also what not to do. Yeah. That's super good. I, I just like the Bible, even just the simple like differentiating mother's instru- mother's teaching and father's instruction. I think sometimes pointing out language in the Bible is is important to me. And so I like that it doesn't say your parents yeah. Um, I think sometimes there's just some language theft even going on today with like what parents look like or what that means. And it says mother and father. And so I think that there's just different ways that God created men and women. And that means for their experience as a human, mm. they're different. For their experience in the covenant of marriage, if that's where they go, it's different. And in their experience as a parent, that is a male or a female, a mother or father. It's different and kids need both. And so I think that's just one of those things too, that's like, this doesn't seem like it's, you know, huge new information, yeah. but today it is something that, you know, is 
we need to stand on. That's important for today. And so I think that's a good mentioning too. Then as the chapter continues to march on, so verse 10 is another one that kind of makes you stop. So we were talking about family, but verse 10 kind of transitions and it says this, my son, if sinners entice you, do not give in to them. Mm. And we stopped there because it's so interesting when you live in, you live in a community no matter where you are, no matter what it is. So if the church setting, a home setting, um, whether you're a roommate, whether you're at a college setting or you're in an apartment complex, how your sin doesn't just in affect you, but it affects everyone around you. Correct. And we were laughing. It's not funny, but we were laughing a little bit about how like, don't you understand like how sometimes when maybe you're the younger person in the room or in the group, and maybe there's older ones that are influencing, and maybe they're not making the best decisions, how there's always this like pressure or invitation, like, hey, I I have this and you need to have it. Like there's always this invitation to corrupt something that's pure. Yes. It just seems like there's this like um it's like uh like a funny joke or it, it's not funny, but it's like this constant like I want to see you make the decisions and the bad experiences that I've had. Like yeah. I want you to do that. Like that's a, I mean it's really immature, but it does seem like that's something in the it world. Happens all the time. I can yeah. think back just through high school and college especially especially like when it's those who are pure in heart, whether it's sexually or with alcohol sure. or whatever, the people who were being a little more quote unquote progressive and doing illegal things or, you know, doing things with, um, with people that they shouldn't be doing them. They always went out of their way to try to get the other people to join them. And you had these, you know, the younger guys in the team, the younger people For in the sure. dorm, like, Hey, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I've drawn a line. I don't want to do this. And that almost fueled the fire for the other folks to double down and say, come on, have a drink. Come on, let's go. Come on, do this. Call her. Or there's like an announcement like, this guy doesn't know what this is. And it's like, oh, Oh. everybody rallies around and then let's get this guy to make a bad decision. Yeah. And uh, I feel like even into adulthood, that's the case. And so for sure, what really this is the first teaching, the first point of wisdom given saying, hey, son, People are going to try to entice you to join them in their mess. Don't mm-hmm. do it. So then now verses 11 through 16, he, he kind of unpacks that even a little bit more. Like, what is this going to look like? They're going to say, right. come on, join us, you know, and let's, let's lie and wait for innocent them blood. Alive. Let's Im- ambush somebody, some harmless soul. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let Cast lots with us. We're going to share the loot and these kind of things. And if you had to sum all this up, essentially what we're learning right away is the exploitation of other people is wrong. Yeah. And if it's too good to be true, it's most likely not true. And right. like these are things that would be applicable to us today. Quick money is usually a path to trouble and it's risky. And when I read that, I, I mm. laughed hard because I remember as a junior in high school, my friend Willie, we're on the, the <laughs> tennis team together. And he had sent a text out to all the tennis teams saying, guys, I got a really important meeting at my house. You want to be there? It's game changers. You guys can make lots of money. And so we're all like, okay, sure, let's show up. So we all go, and we get there, and his uncle is there waiting for us and gives us this <laughs> elaborate presentation on how we can make money by just going about the normal things, going about the life as in, in normalcy. Like, hey, you got to buy detergent, you got to buy deodorant, you got to buy milk, buy it through this avenue. And he's like, now, if you do this, then... Um, you convince other people around you to do it, then you'll get a percentage of whatever they buy, or whatever they sell. And then they got to keep going as well. And at the time you're like, oh, this is interesting. I've never heard of it. So I go home and I tell my parents, mom and dad, like, here's a, 
here's we a, should do this a plan to get rich like we could make so much money on this my parents both laughed and sat me down and said clark this is what we call a pyramid scheme like do not do this is next to illegal and uh not sure this is the best way to go about things buddy yeah. and no one on the tennis team did I think eventually we all sat down and had to explain to Willie why we weren't doing this. And uh, that was one of those good learning moments because what verse 17 says next is so true. It says, how useless to spread a net where every bird can see it. Now, what's so interesting is, is that it's not that every bird can see it. The older and wiser people can see what the younger and immature people can't see. Yeah. And that was a perfect example with the pyramid schemes. It's like, oh, hey, such a good you know, shoot, this is a good idea. We got to buy milk and detergent and bread. Let's do this. My parents are like, no, buddy, you don't see what's right in front of you. Let's teach you. And uh, it's like, wow, thank you. I don't, do you have any other stories or examples that come to your mind? I have a bunch of stories and examples. I'm talking about even things as simple as like riding in the back of a pickup. Here's I grew up in the Midwest where there's a two-lane road. You, what It's just a simpler, slower oh, life type. dirt roads. On the old dirt road. But even simple things like this, like don't spit into the wind. Like as, you, as you're riding in the back of a pickup truck. And I laugh about it, but it was like, I just remember these. I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. And I, I you guys, I think that that's, there's disconnect in America because we don't do that. Oh, and man. so, you know, we're connected. We know everything. And, you know, you get to a certain age anywhere where you know everything. It's usually, I think for don't me, it was like 17. A, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like. Boys got different instruction than that. Well. Oh, did they? Oh, I don't want to. Don't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, s- spend time with people who are, I think there's just a pride element to that also. Like spend time with people who are older than you. Heed their instruction. Yeah. Listen to them. Yes. And as you keep going down, let's go to verses 20 and 21. It kind of turns the attention back to wisdom and her availability. And it says, out in the open, wisdom calls aloud and she raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. Mm. And so basically, what I take from this is, as God offers himself to us, wisdom is not a secret. Yeah. And it does not require great wealth or complex degrees to yeah. be a wise person. It's saying that it's public and it's made freely to everyone, to you today. And for us as Christians, we know that wisdom comes from being connected to the Lord. And being connected to uh, the Lord's word. Yeah. And so. Yeah, yeah. I think there's actually disconnect there too with, so even the Bible talks a lot about wisdom and the world talks a lot about intelligence. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we can get puffed up because, you know, I went to university or I have my master's degree or whatever it is. And there's, there's still things, uh, folks that you just don't know and that I don't know. And so that's an, another reason why we need each other just to continue to learn from their life experience from the years that they have walked on earth and that really they have walked with the Lord. If you go back to verse seven at the beginning of the chapter, that's why it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's not a uh, university and a piece of, pa- of paper yeah. is the beginning of knowledge. No, 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 no. It's the fear of the Lord. And we, we gain that through the Bible and through communal worship and, and just through journeying with Jesus with others in community. Yeah. So we need that. Yeah. As you keep going, verses 22 and 23, there's this call to like, hey, stop loving the things of this world. Um, Mockers are going to delight in mockery. Fools hate knowledge. Instead, repent at my rebuke. And then Mm -hmm. God says, I'll pour out my thoughts to you. I'll make known to you my teachings. And so when truth and wisdom are neglected, we'll find ourselves in a painful place, usually self-inflicted. 
But on the flip side, when you repent and you turn to the Lord, God's saying, hey, take advantage of what I'm offering you here and take advantage of like what's before you. Yeah. Enjoy me. So one of the things I'm trying to do is try to have coffee with other pastors, um, other people that have families like ours, trying to you know pick people's brains like, hey, you've got this many kids in a big family and you're in ministry and what does it right. look like and what's been hard for you? What's been good? And one of the things that are the executive administrator of our church encourages our staff to do is to find other people who do our job, especially people mm-hmm. who have done them longer and better than us. And what we're finding out now is we've done this long enough where we're actually able to offer some of our insight to other people. For Not sure. that we have it all figured out, but God wants us to be wise and we'd be foolish not to learn from those around us who have walked this path. Yeah. And so when wisdom's refused, um, that's foolishness and there's going to be pain. But mm-hmm. on the flip side, we have a great opportunity to grow. Um, verses like, let's get down, like 29, 30, 31. You want to read those for us? Sure. Starting in 29. Yeah. So it said, since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not accept my advice and spurred my, and spurned, my rebuke. They will eat the fruit of their ways and will be filled with the fruit of their schemes. So essentially what we're talking about is like when you, when we've, you know, rejected wisdom or when we did not like Mm. step into the path that Solomon's laying out here for walking in the fear of the Lord, there's the, you are going to experience the quote fruit of your ways, which means the consequences of your decisions. Yeah. (laughs) So the fruit of your way with the Lord could be, you know, like fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the way of your own way. I don't even want to know what kind of fruit that is. Honestly, though, confusion. Yes. Well, and that's, yeah. I mean, we all see that. I feel like in some capacity in our lives, it's just your dad calls this like, the proverbial spiritual dirty diaper where it's like these are natural <laughs> yes, consequences that, is what my dad says. that it's just kind of like it's not here's the thing it's actually not a mystery how you got here yeah there's you can look back and see oh i rejected god here oh i did not heed this rebuke oh i didn't step into repentance when it was and it's like okay this, this is still painful but now it's going to be a process to get out of this, yeah. to, you know, have healing and to walk in forgiveness and to <laughs> repent. Absolutely. And, and this is kind of how he ends. He ends on a fairly high note here, verses 32 mm-hmm. and then 33. He says, the waywardness of the simple will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens yeah. to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Because here's the truth to you listening. God wants you to live in freedom. God wants you to be at peace within yourself and with those around you. So a life submitted to God, a person who not only reads God's word, but applies it to their heart and applies it to their life Mm -hmm. will be able to experience the things of God. It doesn't guarantee life's going to be easy. It doesn't mean you're going to be healthy or wealthy, but you're going to have God, which means you're going to have a peace within yourself and a peace in your relationship with him. And so we hope that you have enjoyed the, the first proverb uh, we'll tackle the Proverbs, you know, one a day and uh, try to do uh, the month of Proverbs. I mean, if you pick a month, it's got 31 days in it. You can do a proverb a day and make it a fun challenge and encourage those around you to do the same. Boom. Right. Boom goes the dynamite. All right. Hey, thanks for listening. Stay tuned. Uh, Proverbs chapter two coming your way tomorrow. God bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace.
Have a great day.